0: Disenfranchised from everything. Oh, well, I fall up and I fall down. An American loser the day I was born.
1: Hello and uh, welcome to the uh, uh one of the first YouTube editions of American Loser Guys. It's a spotlight that puts uh I'm sorry, it's a podcast. Wow. <laughs> um <laughs> no, I'm all fucked up, man. You know what it is? Uh, I I can see uh I can see myself on the screen right now and that's a trippy out of body experience which fits the topic we're about to cover. Um <laughs> yeah, American Loser Podcast. It's uh I'm your host KP Burke. Uh, with me is my Dilph of a dad. Hey. Um behind the ones and twos is the Big Kahuna. You all mean, right. the voice
0: of God. The voice, the voice of, of God. God.
1: And our guest is also a dilf let's be honest folks yeah a new dilf so, hell yeah oh man yeah. that makes the me feel esteemed about uh, one of my favorite comics to work with uh a guy that's become a really good buddy of mine and a dude that uh, i'm trying to hitch to his coattails folks all right it's my Cannon. how you doing buddy? <laughs>
2: yeah oh buddy my coattails are on fire <laughs> <laughs> there's truly
1: no reason to hitch on to me how are you doing man i'm good pal it's uh i haven't seen you in a minute um Obviously, uh, this is uh, in the long, long ago, back when uh, comedy existed. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, how are you holding up?
2: Everything's good? I'm good. I just did my first live weekend also this past, uh, this past weekend. I'm sure wow. my last as well because, you know, everywhere else is up in flames.
1: Right. Uh, that was Mohegan Sun, right?
2: Yeah, we did uh, comics, which, by the way, the comedy club itself was the cleanest part of the entire experience. The casino was filled with everybody you think. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's a beautiful part of that where it's just uh, at times it can be Atlantic City North. Yeah. Night. Oh, exactly. It's hilarious,
2: too, because now consider casino people and then put a really big obstacle of a disease in the way. So then you sift through the real mud just to get to the worst mud.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's hard to get a face mask on when you have an oxygen tank and a cigarette. <laughs> <out>. That's <laughs> exactly right. Or if you're just blackout drunk. That's
2: <laughs> <damn. laughs> <laughs> for a good audience, though, right? Oh, yeah. Well, th- that was hilarious is, uh, you know, if you, you sit at home and pine and romanticize everything about stand up and how amazing it was and how much you miss it. And then you go and you do a show and you're like uh, and you're reminded of everything you hate about it. <laughs> the moment. Sagalo <laughs> Brendan Sagalo opened for me and he got on stage and some guy just drunkenly goes Trump 2020, like just instantly divisive, and just, you know, hammered and heckling.
1: Sagalo does have passive white power face though, which doesn't help him. So there's, there's that.
2: Yeah, um, he does. He looks like he stood in front of a few statues <laughs> to protect them. <laughs> uh,
1: I gotta ask real quick too, if I can, buddy. Um, it's uh, so it felt good to be back, right? We, I think you and me both know stand up's a drug of some sort, right? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Uh, I, that's the only way I can explain because tomorrow I'm actually uh, I'm doing an outdoor gig. Uh, with, uh, my buddy, Joe Fernandez and, uh, Jim Florentine nice uh, for for comedy shop, James, who loves you. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, uh, that's how I've always tried to compare that, but I'm literally going comedy, such a drug. I'm going to go sit around in a parking lot to try to score it. You know, oh yeah,
2: a- yeah, that is that is exactly what you're doing Dude, I did that whole thing, you know, the drive-in experience where you're doing it to cars, so it's basically like a Zoom event in real life because you're still speaking through a screen, and you can barely hear people laugh, they're like kind of shaking up and down, you know you're doing well if you can see that in the distance, but you know, for the most part, it's a it's a true nightmare, and that's when I knew I would like, you know, I'd blow a guy just to get back on stage <laughs>
1: Were they honking horns or what was the way that they told you they were laughing? They'd flicker their lights a
2: little bit, but it was daytime. (laughs) So I couldn't (laughs) see shit. But there were like four people in seats right in front of the cars that were like a saving grace because they felt, you know, they normalized it a bit where you feed off of them mostly. And then you kind of use your eyes to gauge whether or not other people are enjoying it.
1: Right. Okay. So it's a Wednesday at Uncle Vinny's. Got it. I
2: don't know. Sometimes
1: that Wednesday is the
2: best show of the week. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's also true, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to ask you while uh, we got you, man, because uh, obviously uh, you're a fun dude to talk to no matter what, man. But um, And I, I want you to plug some projects at the end here. But you, uh, you, I know, have this tremendous knowledge on conspiracy theory shit in America. Yeah. Um, what brought you into that? And then um, what's kind of your favorite one off the top of your head? So, well, I mean, I used to host a podcast called Deep Inside the Rabbit
2: Hole. It was a conspiracy podcast where me... My best friend, Tim, who's not a broadcaster, is not a comedian or anything like that. He was a, like, Division Three football player that then found shamanism <laughs> and became, like, a numerologist, shaman, hardcore, you know, like, spiritual seeker and conspiracy and stuff. And one of his buddies who he used to talk conspiracy with... He was like a 53 year old. They both worked for the same company uh, selling solar and him and I used to like joust on Facebook back and forth about certain events like he was he initially was consumed by the Boston Marathon and he said that that was a coordinated attack and none of it was real. There were no injuries. The blood on the sidewalk was fake and we'd have these like vicious arguments on Facebook and then we just decided to take that animosity and turn it into a show. (laughs) <laughs> so the whole show was just built on, you know, horrible arguments to begin with, but I mean, I like jousting like that with people. So that more or less brought me into that world more than the even the conspiracy.
1: Well, that's what is there one conspiracy because I've had some crazy conversations. I've had people that are just like uh um well I'll just say the name. So so George Floyd in the news, obviously huge huge story. Mm-hmm. it be a moment defining name. I've had some people that are such crazy conspiracy theorists that someone will be talking about, like, well, what do you think about George Floyd? And some people I know will just be like, there is no George Floyd. Yeah. It was yeah, of course. This was organized. It's, so th- there's the craziness and then there's the shit that's debunked. So what I'm going to ask you about in a minute is, is legit debunked shit um, mm-hmm. with MK Ultra. But uh, what was, is there like a fun one that you got lost in where you're like, oh, I don't know if I, I don't know where I am anymore. The thing is like I'm I'm into all of them. I
2: I find you know they're horrifying most of them, but there is fun in them because you know the conspiracy typically like spirals off into fantasy, right? Like it becomes Game of Thrones out of nowhere where it's like and there you know the earth is flat, there's 2 mile high ice walls on the other you know side is whatever and it's like okay, what are we even talking about here? But when you like take something like the Boston Marathon, for instance, and it's like, well, they did take advantage of that in the sense that they they martial lawed a major city in America and just basically forced all of the residents inside and entered people's homes without warrants. And, you know, it did all of this kind of like freedom breaching shit. And then similarly in 9-11, where it's like, you know, do I think. My buddy doesn't believe that there were planes that flew into the building, and I, and when I say buddy, I mean co-host. But he didn't, he didn't wow. believe that planes actually hit the building. He thought they were uh, direct energy weapons and a hologram, and he claimed anybody that thought they saw. Planes that day is, has just been programmed by the media. And it's like, well, that makes no sense, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, the fact a, that, that's a stretch. Right. The fact that there's like, you know, 28 pages redacted from the official report and all of this stuff about, you know, Saudi Arabia and, you know, the fact that we went into two different, two wrong countries to start a war and all this nationalism and all that shit. Like, that to me is the interesting part of the conspiracy. But it's like, you know, it's not even a conspiracy.
1: Oh, it, it's fascinating. And then again, w- there's this weird thing. Uh, I always try to say on the podcast that um, it takes, it takes like 30 years for us to uh, really understand that the times are changing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that could be like a, a Democratic position 30 years ago is a Republican position and vice versa. That, that's, right, a, right. that's kind of right, just right. an example of this. slide. It
0: goes 180. Right. Yeah.
1: But. Uh, Also, in 30 years, we don't care as much about that's like the perfect time frame for people to forget about stuff. We're like, we're probably you and me, Mike, we're roughly the same age. Mm -hmm. So in about maybe 15 years, the government's just going to come out one day and be like, oh, by the way, we offed Kennedy and uh, he had that shit coming. And, uh, (laughs) you know, every possible it's all going to be stuff that this guy right over here. Who probably? He, he, do you remember where you were when JFK got whacked? Absolutely. Yeah. So this is Absolutely. shit. He wanted to know the answer. They're just gonna they're gonna tell you eventually. So we have complete transparency with the government, but right. enough time that you don't care anymore. There's no more emotional attachment.
0: Enough, enough time has to pass by for certain people to die before we can really reveal the the entire truth, kind of a thing. That uh, yeah, you know, I, down the road we'll find I mean, they're still working out conspiracy theories on who shot President Lincoln. You know, that, <laughs> you know, was Ford Theater really Was that really true? Was that a hologram? There is no Ford Theater. (laughs) It's a a tourist uh, trap for uh, Washington, D.C. nowadays, you know. Right. Right. you know who's really buried in Grant's tomb, kind of a thing. What uh, I don't know. You know, let's go dig them up and make sure. <laughs> How do you think they're
2: going to disclose that information on Kennedy? Like, do you think it'll just be a random announcement or they'll try to bury it? Or what do you think
0: with
1: uh, our current administration? I think one quick, one very quick tweet would probably,
0: right?
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah, probably. And then <laughs> let the rest
0: of the world uh, killed Kennedy, Kennedy. sad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, now that shit again consp- the theory part's really fun i agree with you mike um mm-hmm. the shit we're going to talk about now is is legit like proven this is uncomfortable um off the top of your head what do you know about mk ultra brother
2: so all I all I really know about it, because we spoke about it, I think, in vague you know terms, and we we kept promising to come directly into this. But it, it was mostly like I just know it was a thing that I, I guess the government tested and it was some sort of mind control that apparently it was uh, responsible for some of the assassinations. Is that true? Dude, it, it's not we we. Uh... And also Shia LaBeouf and and, and Roseanne, we're both MK Ultra.
1: <laughs> <laughs> some of the names involved, by the way, uh, the lat, the Rockefellers were involved a little mm-hmm. bit, um, but your famous members who were like legit proven people that were the shit was tested on. Uh, Ted Kaczynski, you know who he is? Yeah, the Unabomber. The oh Unabomber. yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, wow. Whitey Bulger. Um, so uh, Johnny Depp played him in Black Mass. That was right. uh, he's been a proven guy that was attached to that um the lyricist for the grateful dead the guy literally the dude who wrote trucking jerry garcia that. no not jerry um i forget the guy's name because it was uh jerry was a lead singer but the lyricist the guy who wrote all the the hits uh-huh. uh he was um definitely a, a proven member as well as the guy uh ken kesey is that right dad ken yes. Ken kessie there it is guy who wrote uh, one flow over the cuckoo's nest
2: Oh wow! So, these so were these programs. things were these things done like before they did their great works or post?
1: It, it's uh, yeah. I, I don't think your mic's Mike going, actually because I'm not hearing you. That. A little bit of both, there actually, you you know, uh,
2: especially sure. with Ken. I think he wrote. I think he wrote one flu and then volunteered.
0: No, I think it was the other way around. But he did a lot of volunteer work in veterans hospitals that he saw some of the conditions that were being and and you know expanded upon that. And then also uh, with the, the various drug testing that was, that was going on that, you know, if we medicate these people, that it's just a whole lot easier to care for them if you've got a bunch of walking zombies. That's right. You know, Very true. Harmless zombies. Yeah,
2: it's like the Six Flags uh, Safari. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was going to ask you, too. Uh, did you ever go to a music fest, like an EDM fest or anything like that?
2: Um, no, I've, I've been to like a fish show.
1: Yeah, so a picture of fisher that's actually even more accurate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Drugs that were being tested on civilians, and uh, we, again, most of the time, uh, these people were aware of it because they were testing it on each other. It literally turned into the CIA-funded its own music fest. Uh, (laughs) Magic mushrooms, early forms of ecstasy, uh, marijuana, mescaline, heroin, uh, methamphetamine, and then they were, the big test thing was, Ah, uh, back when it was patented, LSD was patented once. I didn't. I found that yeah. out in research for that blew my fucking mind. Yeah, um, dude,
2: how good is government issued hallucinogens? <laughs>
1: <laughs> really, really? I
2: mean, I want some of that immediately.
1: It's uh, if it's as good as the boots they gave me in the Navy, it lasts about six months.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, but I feel like that's like you're almost like eleven in Stranger Things. You could probably walk through the upside <laughs> oh down God. once you're on that shit. <laughs>
0: fda uh um approved kind of a thing that, yeah. yeah
2: i mean you li- it's a short trip to god's doorstep
0: <laughs> <laughs> they had a couple,
1: dude this is the scariest part so um now i don't obviously you're a dad now but you're also a hilarious comic who has a couple albums out talking about some of your extracurricular activities uh For sure um, it's
2: medicine it's-,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's right it's your flinch zones the uh, chewables right yeah
2: it's why i empathize with my son so much i love him
1: <laughs> <laughs> um well I, it, it's interesting to me too because uh some of the like the, the drugs are coming around here around this time uh did you ever because i have one good story and it's about a friend of mine um that had a thc powder right mm-hmm. and he mixed it up and it uh it literally was like a gatorade packet that you mix up and, and he put it into a, a poland spring bottle gave it to me and we're just both like oh i don't know if this worked and then about 40 minutes later we just both left <laughs> like we'll, we'll be back tomorrow check then, please <laughs> then i swear to god two days later i'm back at his house i was like hey man do you have any more of that powder stuff because I, I really slept great that night and he goes to me he goes uh yeah dude uh actually um i'll be right back he goes uh, i got some ecstasy too and i was like oh no i don't want that i just want that the thc thing Then he comes back hands me another water bottle and he goes, here, drink that. And I drank that. And then about 10 minutes later, I was like, dude, this is kicking in already. He goes, yeah, ecstasy is much stronger. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <out."> <laughs> Am I on ecstasy right now? And it, was, it was the greatest <laughs> game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but, uh, did you ever take, did, you, for the most part, you were always aware of the shit you were on or what? I, I've accidentally
2: dosed myself twice. So once was in college when I was going to play I, I was playing poker for a lot of money at the time, and one of my buddies uh, was playing like i mean he was playing what was he fifty a hundred no limit, so he was playing ten thousand dollar buy in wow. heads up online like he was playing high, high money, as and i was suppo- what was that as a college kid as a co- i mean I don't even yeah. think he went to school I think he dropped out oh,
0: okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i uh yeah. Make- Now I think now he sells cars. He lives in the South. He like got out because the swings were so wild. I mean, I watched him win like 90 grand in 80 minutes. It was, you know, it's, it's crazy. So I was going to play, he was going to like front me because I was pretty good at poker, but he was going to front me the money to get into one of those bigger games and like, see how I play. And I ate, a brownie that I did not know was weed. This was like early on in my drug, alcohol, everything days. So I was, you know, in college, thought somebody brought home brownies, ate a brownie, went and hung out with that kid. And I was like crawling up the walls after an <laughs> hour and fifty minutes. I remember we were in Red Robin and I was like, I don't know what's happening to me. Like, I was like out of my mind, dude. I almost fell asleep at the
1: table. Did you figure it out eventually what was happening or? Did, did-
2: yeah. I, I mean, I, after a while I was like, Oh, you know, I'm high. I'm wildly <laughs> high. And that's happened to me before too. I took like dabs of, uh, what I thought was just CBD. So not psychoactive. I thought it was just going to like, you know, a, a, a stress reliever. It was going to like take away my anxiety and I took it at the beginning of recording Irish Goodbye podcast. And I remember by the end, by the way, plug in that one. I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, And by the end, I like left. We recorded all the commercials, all that stuff. We're walking down the street and Feeney's talking to me and he's like Charlie Brown's mother, you know, (laughs) and I just remember turning to him like just my whole body and just being like, why am I high? (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, fuck, that was not CBD it was THC and I like I ended up taking like 200 milligrams of this pure concentrate so and I had a set in like an hour and I was like (laughs) well you know I'm after an hour I'm like "Ah, at least I won't be higher than this and then every 10 minute increment I was like on another dimensional you know I was out of my fucking mind and by the time I got on stage everybody was in 16 bit Sonic the Hedgehog graphics and And I went on stage and I had like the best set of my life. I was pure love and energy. And I just, yes, ended and trust fall into the edible and had like a great time. But now thinking about it, you know, so removed from it, I, it gives me like panic.
1: So you're experiencing panic just based off the idea that, I mean, you figured out what was going on pretty quickly, right? Yeah. I,
2: well, after an hour and a half. So not that quickly. I'm a pretty dumb person.
1: <laughs> well uh but, but you have knowledge to pull from because uh in some of the people that got experimented on with mk ultra in the 1950s they, these were guys like literally it was cia dudes coming they the office like hey man you want to try something you know <laughs> and then we're going to put you in a monitor you know you're going to be monitored in a room kind of a thing and then they said you know, it'd be cool for experimentation purposes which by the way mk ultra uh, lp back me up on this one yeah. mk ultra we borrowed a lot of the we continued the research that was going on in concentration camps under like Mengele and like the super bad evil Nazis.
0: Jesus, yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, so they. We <laughs>
0: what did we think? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like what a crazy. <laughs> we're just going to continue that research a little <laughs> further. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those guys touched on something pretty good there. <laughs> so we're not doing the evil
1: shit of like uh, stabbing a, a one twin to see if the other twin feels the pain. We're not doing that shit. But we are sitting there like, all right, maybe the psychological warfare thing is a game. So uh of course cuz we're Americans we had to do it bigger and better mm-hmm. and uh what they started doing was dosing people who had in the 1950s who had no knowledge of what we're talking like reefer madness was a like a movie back right, then right. that they thought smoking pot was going to lead to a, a complete breakdown mm-hmm. and now people are being dosed with LSD and monitored uh through a one-way mirror and then they're being filmed during interactions so what would happen there was um Dude, real quick, do you think do you think taking acid back
2: then without any expectation of what acid is, is actually better? Like you come to it's just that much of a shock and a crazy, you know, experience to your system where now you kind of go into it, having seen all the cartoons and all that shit. And if you don't see green men dancing, you're pissed.
1: That's a great question. Dad, tell us about Jethro Tull.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't really agree with that because I mean, people in the in the fifties, if you're if you're tripping and you have no idea what's going on to you, at least in in your circumstance, you could bring it back to the brownie or to, you know, Hey, this is, this is more than what my CBD oil is. Right. Right. We hear that. Hey, you know what? Uh, there's something wrong here. And then I must've been given something that I wasn't supposed to be taking in the first place or whatever. Well, I mean, back then they have no idea as to, um, you're totally
2: right. That's right. the most yeah. important part of doing a hallucinogen is understanding that it's a drug.
0: You're, you're, yeah. I mean, if you're yeah. taking that knowing going in, you know, that, you might have you might have block out the next uh next couple of hours at least to, uh, <laughs> for your life. To don't have any place to go. We don't have a hard. set to perform. And I was wanted to ask you that set that you did. You said it was one of the best sets ever. Now was that in your mind or did you really react to it?
2: <laughs> That's hilarious. It I I re-listened to the set, so I I record and even in my you know stone stupor i still knew to audio record the set and it was it was very good it was like and and it was like really present the whole thing which which you know that's what you strive for in comedy and the unfortunate thing about doing it is like every once in a while when i started comedy and i do a great set high i'd be like well i guess that's what i have to do now forever and then you know you get locked into that bullshit but you know it's not it's actually a fluke if it happens if you're stoned or fucked up whereas if you're sober it's you know you're much yeah, more likely I'm, to be present
0: i'm thinking like other artists that uh you know oh you got to get high before you can really be, get creative or right. you know, lay down that uh that real uh lyric or whatever it might be and then later on when you're straight again it's like man that's shit <laughs> yeah yeah it's
1: not really. quite heroin to a guitar yeah right, <laughs> right. well it's uh because i can enjoy you went to a fish concert and i i'm one mm-hmm. of the least popular forms of, of a casual fish fan in that I like the studio stuff better because I can't get into the jams for like 40 minute versions of a song. Sure. But, um, it did blow my mind that, like we said, the grateful dead creates this whole following, um, because of some of the MK ultra stuff. Now they, they, they're doing acid tests on people and shit like this. Um, and they're testing all sorts of weird drugs. They're literally, this was the, the gambit they would run. Okay. So the comparison I'll make for it, Mike, and I think you'll appreciate this is, um, Imagine if there's a guy standing on a corner in New York City saying comedy show, comedy show, and you (laughs) sucker some people in and they go up into a comedy show and then you give them a drink. Right. And in the drink is LSD and there's no comedy show. And we're just all in a sound booth staring at the person watching them freak the fuck out. (laughs) <laughs> that's not too far removed from MKUltra. ultra
2: holy shit so yeah. they wouldn't even let them they so they weren't watching them in natural environments they were enclosing them in like a lab
1: right a lot of times prostitutes would lure a guy in with the idea that um the person would be too embarrassed to go to the authorities so wow. the prostitute would bring them in make them a drink real quick and then uh, either the prostitute would disappear or or just kind of stick around and monitor him. maybe they'd fool around who knows but uh, on the other side of a one-way mirror is literally that that group of CIA people, like in the X Files, just smoking cigarettes in the shadows, mm-hmm. um, monitoring you, taking notes on stuff like that, and then kicking you to the curb when it's over and be like, "I wow. don't tell people what you saw here,
2: dude." Speaking of conspiracy, like this, the fact that that was a tactic makes me believe that every politician has a video with a kid. <laughs> like uh, just, I mean, how
1: else, yeah. you know, they're just leveraging that shit against people all the time. It's so weird. It's uh, it's definitely, if you want to talk about a conspiracy theory and then the power of information, you're going to get it in, I mean, literally uh, by the dozen here with this mm-hmm. story. There's one guy that tried to get this one. This one blew my mind. Frank Olson is the name of a guy. So uh, the, the dude who uh, you have, you ever fly into DC? No, just taking the Acela. Uh, good for you. That's, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're flying to D.C., it's Dulles International Airport, named after Alan Dulles, who is the head of the CIA. He's to the CIA what J. Edgar Hoover was to the FBI, right? Just figureheads, you know, mm. uh, iconic roles. Um, Dulles gets this guy, Gottlieb, who literally had he was a poison expert for the U.S. government. And the guy says, uh, hey, I got an idea. I want to test this drug called LSD. I think we can use it to control people's mind and stuff. And they get all excited. And he goes cool here's government funding so you're getting your government funded lsd like you just said bro and uh they're going to test it on all these people and uh gottlieb is, uh, is putting it out there he gets a retreat together of i think it's like um and maybe we'll call it like a dozen people um all get
0: together in maryland at uh deer
1: creek lake i want to say
0: Yeah, you know these are all cia uh people yeah, too these are all the, all the scientists right. with working within the cia are called into this meeting in, in uh, maryland um, to discuss various projects that might be going on and they're slipping lsd to some of their own people without them knowing it Gauntlet puts <laughs> it in a bottle of
1: triple sec and goes hey fellas after uh, after dinner drinks let's enjoy wow they all That's... trip balls they don't know what's happening i mean what you would know, you do if you were in that situation if i was the one
2: that was tripping or if i was the one that was administering
1: uh, yeah, if if all of a sudden you're having what you think is a schizophrenic break because you just got dosed with something and no one told I, you, I knowing myself and
2: how I react to hallucinogens, I would probably remain very quiet. Like I would just stay in my seat and just fight the good fight on the inside. I Irish my way through bad trips <laughs> all right. the Irish time, can dude. Buy
0: your own mind?
2: Yeah, dude. I literally I just. Emotions, I just. No tears. <laughs> yeah, my consciousness hugs itself and just takes the entire storm on its back. <laughs>
0: it's just lightning. It's just
1: lightning. well the same way that you had a great set when you were you know accidentally uh high uh kahuna has just been sound engineering like a pro we dosed him about an hour ago <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: no, no. Well, that explains the muppet in the corner
1: <laughs> can i ask
2: you what was it about lsd that they thought they could control people's mind in the first place
1: i'm so happy you asked that michael um Here's a list of some of the shit that they, they thought. This is literally what was um, like their, their go-to. Like, here's our mission objectives. You know, we mm-hmm. here at the CIA think. And uh, they thought that if they could uh, dose a person, it would promote illogical thinking and impulsiveness to the point where the recipient could be discredited in public. So it's like, oh, you witnessed something or you tried to leave the CIA? Yeah, sure. here's uh, My father made it, uh, a reference to it um, on the audio version of this. It's like holding up the men in black thing. And right. I take a look at this real quick, put on your sunglasses and boom, we can erase somebody's brain kind of a thing. Yeah. All right,
2: your name is KP Burke. You're a comedian. <laughs> uh, you were adopted and yeah. uh, your father is a bill. <laughs> There's your life now?
1: But that's what the do you I mean anytime you ever did any sort of a, a substance like that, you do feel superhuman at times, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I remember so mushrooms obviously is like you feel elated and sometimes you want to like, you know, leap through the air and stuff like that. But when I did DMT, I remember afterwards specifically saying that I could jump over a moving car.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like
2: like you ever see that Kobe commercial where he jumps over the Ferrari or whatever? I felt like I could have done that very easily.
1: Believable, dude. That's yeah. <laughs> the uh, the other shit they thought they could get away with was. um they were. Uh, th- this is the program in general. This is not just LSD now, mm-hmm. but um, it was uh, efficiency of uh, perception. Um, they could allow a victim to age faster or slower in maturity, which that goes into a whole weird thing. Huh. Um, it's uh, promote the intoxicating effect of alcohol, so they'd get these guys drunk uh, and then maybe dose them or dose them and you know while they were drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, permanent brain damage and uh, uh, targeted memory loss. Okay, so forget wow. about that uh brainwashing like you just said uh acute anemia paralysis of the legs uh i never had any of that stuff happen but that's just you know, yeah, I, I was this is what pretty, they thought lsd could do no this is just what some of the drugs that they were administering to people would do because my buddy nate says it best he goes uh ah, he watches like so much cops like that was like his, his go-to tv show forever that was his drunk two o'clock in the morning let's watch an hour of cops and he goes i don't know what it is about meth uh, everyone just needs to get naked. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> Everybody needs to get naked and tackle a car.
1: That's it. right. <laughs> well, uh, you have the fortitude to Irish your way through it uh which right. um it's uh this one guy who is at this meeting with all these higher up uh, military officials. Dude's name is Frank Olson, okay? He gets dosed, right? And uh as he's dosed or whatever, he does not enjoy it. He has a fucking bad trip, bro. Mm-hmm. So Imagine having a bad trip and never either having a good trip to compare it to or knowing that it's a temporary thing. So he had pretty much a a total break. Um, And nine days after he gets uh, dosed, he shows up at Gottlieb's house, the guy, Gottlieb, who's been dosing them and creating this whole program. And he goes, I want out, dude. I don't want to do this bio warfare thing anymore. I'm going to go dedicate my life to something else. And Gottlieb goes, totally dude. We understand. Don't worry about it. Do me a favor, though, for your own good get checked out by a doctor real quick and they send him to a doctor that's also already in the program and they, (laughs) it's dark dude dude what is this
2: the early david miscavige model
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's upsetting dude so they they get him there uh and this other doctor that's in the program says oh yeah this is like a total psychotic break man uh you might actually have to be, um, you know, uh, hospitalized or institutionalized for a prolonged period. Oh, um, my God. And he's staying in New York, by the way. OK. Yeah. And- he's
0: very depressed at this point. It, he makes no contact with his family. And this guy was a strong family man and everything else. And it hasn't been revealed that he was dosed. It was just that he had this episode while he's at this big meeting with all these other brainiacs in Maryland. Um, so he's really completely he just thinks he's losing it because of the effects of the LSD, not knowing that he was given LSD. So you know he wants out and uh then they send him to you know supposed the the specialist in in New York City and they put him up in the in the hotel. So they put him
1: in a hotel. Nice hotel too by the way, right across from Penn Station. Uh Statler Hotel still standing in New York by the way. Wow what what sports Uh, not bad. <laughs> yeah it's really government living right <laughs> yeah spared and, uh, no expense <laughs> well um it uh it doesn't go so good because uh, unfortunately uh mr olson i guess his condition was just so bad dad that uh he uh he dove out of a window and uh died upon
0: impact on the streets in new york yeah he was on wow. the 13th floor too so he made a splat when he hit
2: wow lucky number 13 he didn't yep. and and there weren't uh, there he didn't hit anybody
0: no the sidewalk is what he hit (laughs) (laughs) i guess
1: guess that's a big enough target
0: so it gets weird though there's some
1: uh inconsistencies with his death mike um and it's uh no one they didn't realize this remember we said 30 years earlier Mm -hmm. so uh this happens uh in the i want to say the 50s and we don't come it no nothing comes out public with it until the 70s and uh they wind up realizing that uh i mean you want to talk about the autopsy dad
0: Uh, well, you know, the, the, the guy that found him was really the night manager of the hotel and, uh, things were suspicious right from the get-go because, uh, you know, he goes out in front of the hotel, sees this guy splattered on the, on the sidewalk and then looks up and sees like the window shades uh, on the 13th floor that he just jumped out of. And what was interesting is that, well, interesting, um he jumped through the window he didn't open the window to do the do the dive he mm-hmm. crashed right through the right through the glass so you know I don't, whether he was trying to take a flying lesson or thought he could fly or who the hell knows i mean the guy is what, like he was
2: it's like he was throwing himself out of a bar it, a, <laughs> right, you're <laughs> out of here <laughs>
0: So then the uh, the cops come and they go back upstairs and the, he was sharing a room with this other doctor, this Dr. Uh, Lashbrook. And they go upstairs and they find Lashbrook sitting on the toilet in his underwear, not even aware that this guy just jumped out the window. Wow! Like, well, I heard a noise, but, you know, and this guy was, was effed up too. So, um, it was just craziness, um, they, they, of course, the authorities initially they they try to whitewash this whole thing. Your whole conspiracy theory is coming in strong. And all oh, the guy was severely depressed. And he just he just committed suicide by jumping through the glass window. And to land on the sidewalk below. So what?
2: what is the thought about that? They didn't want people to know that like these drugs existed or like
0: that hallucinogens were yeah. a thing. I leave the program, Michael. No one leaves the program. <laughs> <laughs> you don't leave the mob. Yeah, no, no, That's true. nobody retires from the mob. Good uh, point. Nobody retires from the CIA. Or yes, roofing. I, That's also if, true. Yeah, yeah. If you have uh, too many secrets, uh, you know, you're not going to retire to a, a quiet place. Uh, right and go on from there. But, um, you know, the family wouldn't leave this alone because this was totally, totally out of character for this guy. And as I said, he, he didn't talk to the family for over a week and he would have been in constant contact with them. Mm -hmm. Um, later on, it's revealed that, you know, he was in this, um, MK ultra program and was, uh, drugged in him and they had another autopsy and they could find, uh, no lacerations or, or wounds on him. That was typical to what the story that they were trying to portray. So, I mean, again, this whole conspiracy thing comes in real, real strong that, you know, the original report is total fabrication is total bullshit. Right. And What really happened, um, turns out that the, the, the family ended up suing the federal government and it wasn't until, um, who, Ford, yeah, President Gerald Ford. About thirty years later, makes the apology. Yeah,
1: I mean, (laughs) sorry we killed your dad, bro.
0: Yeah, but and this was also, you know, again in the in the sign of the times too. This Ford only came into presidency after Nixon, with the whole all the secret shit that was going on with the Nixon White House. That right, you know, we got rid of him, and then Ford took over. And it was actually Ford who apologized to the family face to face. I mean, they, the family was brought to the White House. Ford offered the apology, and the family was paid seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, as a you know three quarters of a mil for, sorry about your dad uh, having a <laughs> bum trip, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was a good guy. He was just on a, a bad, bad trip. Wow! And that That's... was three quarters of a million back then, then a Ford administration. So I mean, that was.
2: Yeah, I mean it's kind of similar what happened with uh MLK Jr, right? Didn't they their, their family also won the lawsuit that basically said the FBI was a, was responsible for his assassination?
1: There was uh there was that and then there was um, cuz they're still looking into I know with Malcolm X, his family members are still saying um that they they still suspect foul play from uh be pretty high-ranking members from within uh you know uh the certain communities with uh with farrakhan and all that other shit too so right the government though the government's funny because uh they didn't just give that money away they settled out of court so there's no really it's like, oh by the way here's a check right, right and we're not gonna say we kill this guy but they fucking killed this
0: guy yeah. <laughs> hush money, hush holy money, shit you know. yeah so, so we're not gonna they didn't want it to go to court because then the real truth would have, I mean, it would, to tell the American public, uh, yeah, your government has been, um, assassinating foreign dignitaries and, 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 um, secretly, um, giving people LSD without their knowledge. And, uh, you know, uh, that makes, a, that makes for bad press. So Thank how not that's, that makes for bad press. But-
2: how is it out now? How many years did it come out? Did, was it thirty, like you guys said, or was this immediately available after they settled? Dude, um, you're gonna
1: love this because uh, so things are quiet. By the way, so the, the program quietly goes away. They like later on they like because they were keeping shitty notes and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. um, there were people who were saying, dude, it was pretty much just a, like the CIA was like a party. You know what I mean? Like I, I always try to say this. I like I was in the Boy Scouts in high school, and people like they they would just call that gay or whatever, but. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, we had just like raging parties in the woods, stuff like that it was a lot. It was like a lot of good wild times under the uh, oh, no, those are the good guys. Those are the right. right. The kids. Y- you got molested uh, and stuff. That's, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it would be weird because <laughs> guessing my scout master.
0: i like, keep that stuff for yeah. <laughs> uh, um, No, nope.
1: I, I thought it was uh, worth mentioning that um, because the CIA guys, they're saying it's like a party atmosphere. They're not keeping great notes. Gottlieb leaves the organization, abandons the project, says, hey, we realize assets is not really good. We can't control it on this stuff. Um, So things are quiet until 1973 happens. Big news, big ticket item. Uh, You you and me were not alive back then, but uh, Watergate hits. Mm -hmm. right? So Nixon's in deep shit. We're already questioning everything about the government. This counterculture movement, by the way, that is going on like at Hate ashbury over... All these guys are now into acid, the same drug that they were getting dosed with by the government. And they're like, you know, this is actually. Re- if I had a guitar, this would have been so much more enjoyable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, how did it get out though? If it was only in the lab, like, did somebody
1: figure out how to like recreate it? Uh, sp- some people, yeah, because it was uh, because you had the Swiss guy. I think Hoffman was no, yeah, Hoffman was the name of the uh the guy, um, the Swiss scientist who uh, patented. Okay. Uh, and, but the patent would go away and it would bounce around between being like a scheduled narcotic and then just being something that you could you know make in your own bathtub so there were guys mimicking the drug out in san francisco right and the dude who was a test subject of mk ultra ken Kesey. is that am i saying that right kahuna Kesey. Uh, yeah. Kesey. Kesey. okay he was right so that dude goes on to write one flow over the cuckoo's nest he does a bunch of other crazy stuff too and he has these acid parties he's hanging out with like alan ginsburg and the beatnik poets and then all of a sudden, because of that, now you're getting this whole like acid rock culture. Grateful Dead's playing around. So there's so the CIA is involved with all these people. There's probably CIA agents showing up like we know where the cute chicks are at. Man, we got acid. If you guys want to hang. <laughs> <laughs> so, but all that's going on. The program eventually dies out. Watergate hits in '73. Uh, Nixon, uh, is, is in deep shit. He's probably about to have to resign, but before he resigns, the current head of the CIA, because by the way, Dulles, the dude who had the airport named after him Mm -hmm. gets fired after Bay of Pigs, right? Bay of Pigs failed invasion of Cuba. JFK fucks it all up. It's entirely JFK's fault from what I read. Um, but he scapegoats Dulles. So you now scapegoat the head of the CIA who we've already shown is pretty okay with doing fucked up things. Mm -hmm. Um, so JFK winds up getting assassinated. LBJ, you know, who's vice president, gets sworn in uh and they do a Warren commission in order to investigate the death of uh you know John F. Kennedy. And guess who winds up being one of the lead investigators for that on the Warren Commission?
2: Senor Dulles.
1: You know it, buddy. So <laughs> that's that's shady too, because that's power checking power. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But now
2: Yeah, that's like the police doing an internal investigation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. There you go. So in 73, um, when the Watergate thing happens, the guy who's in charge now, Helms, goes, oh, fuck, you'll burn everything like they go full Enron. Right. And just burn the shit out of every document they have on MKUltra. And uh, they think they're about to get away with it. And LP hit me.
0: Yeah, well, the thing was, too, I mean, you're doing something that it's illegal to begin with. So you're not going to take real strong notes on what's been going on if Mm -hmm. if you know what you're doing is illegal. so um, there was limited amounts of uh, documentation to this whole program, but uh, now they're doing a, a big search. And um, while they're going through the Freedom of Information Act was really what opened up a lot of the, the doors to this whole thing. And while they're searching for other stuff, they're finding within financial records, 40,000 pages of uh, documentation to this MK Ultra kind of a thing. So it was misfiled. Stuff that should have been someplace else is now found, you know, in the in the dark corner uh in financial records Fucking or something. Data entry, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Honestly, so. I used
2: to do that and I would be high as shit. So I could see <laughs> filing MK Ultra on in some guy's 401k. Right.
1: It wasn't even that <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even just MK Ultra. They're also sitting there like, wait, we tried to assassinate who? Yeah, <laughs> like literally The right.
0: most damning evidence possible just was in the wrong crate and people found the shit, man. It was, wow. It was intense. Yeah, I mean, the whole Freedom of Information Act really um, allowed um, everybody to go in and, and find out different records. And then we're finding out the stuff that the CIO, CIA did with trying to assassinate Castro, mm-hmm. uh, going into uh, the Congo in Africa because, you know, at that particular point in time. Uh, Africa was a huge, you know, battleground in the in the Cold War kind of a thing that the Russians are trying to, or the Soviets are trying to um, set up all these various countries under the communism, and then of course, you know, the the West is trying to uh, fight that to make sure that none nothing communist is going to go any further than it already has. So mm-hmm. you know, the Cold War is is hot and heavy kind of a thing. So a lot of these things came to light um years later and that's so why we said we got to wait 30 years to find out the true story of or at least shed some light on on some of this stuff that's happening today so who knows? that's so wild now, how many conspiracy theories do we have right now with the whole covid thing going on so oh maybe.
2: i mean a million you you yeah. name it you know there, there, people think it's man made. I've talked to doctors that are like, I don't know, man. <laughs> they're like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen many things like this that react so differently to so many different people and all this. And I'm like, all right, I don't want you, I don't need you to facilitate my ignorance. And now I'm, <laughs> now I'm sold because some fucking idiot doctor was like, maybe. <laughs> yeah,
0: right.
1: It took me a long time to grow out of just because they're confident doesn't mean they're right. Right. That was a, an uncomfortable, like it took me a minute on that one, dude. The, uh, I'll tell you because we're wrapping up here. So I want you to be able to plug, uh, um, everything, dude. But, uh, yeah, the, the weird keynote thing is you want to talk about how bad the the irony of this one particular thing blew my mind. So, uh, we said 30 years, 30 years, a lot can go on. There's, there's, um, uh, you know, sons and, uh, uh, or, or I should say, uh, uh, fathers and their, their kids. And then, uh, you have like second generations or certain goes at certain things. So, um, Nelson D. Rockefeller, off the top of your head. what What is that guy? Do you have a, a nice opinion of him or a bad opinion of
2: him? <laughs> I mean, that entire family has been sipping baby's blood since the Middle Ages, <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: Um, man, it, it's um, is
2: that the one that got like 18 heart transplants and just recently died, or is that it, there's so a, many of the yeah.
1: couple? Yeah, the Rockefellers are. You're right. There, that's a lineage. That is of that. That's to go back to your Game of Thrones thing. That is yeah. how Rockefeller, right?
2: Well, and it's weird. Yeah, it's like you know they only mated with with certain bloodlines, right? Or, or I don't know, man. I I get entirely. <laughs> <difficult>. <laughs>
0: too many <laughs> conspiracy theories,
1: <laughs> uh, <bad head. laughs> but entirely, but that's the thing. Cause you, you see the shit we, you and me could come up with that right now, talking, riffing that out. We could never come up with the scope of MK ultra, what they actually pulled off. So oh my God. Um, but the thing I thought was worth noting is so Nelson D Rockefeller of standard oil, uh, he gets taken down literally by Teddy Roosevelt, who we talk about on the show all the time. Cause he's just the, the maverick president, mm-hmm. uh, run as a Republican, act like a progressive at all times. I mean, he's just, he's chaos. That's what I like about him. He's, an, he's the joker of presidents, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but uh, he actually uh, break, helps break up the trust, if you will, the trust buster, they call him, uh, breaks up Rockefeller's empire of standard oil. So mm-hmm. then a couple of years later, uh, it's interesting that the government has to come in and get involved with corrupt or tyrannical uh, private capitalists. Right. And, um, how fucked up is MKUltra? The good guy that helps break them apart is Gerald Ford's vice president, Rockefeller's son. Wow. So he how ha- now the government Rockefeller has to come in from the government side, uh, you know, to break up uh, a corrupt government program now. So it's like it doesn't there is no good or bad on this. It's just like, listen, some people with power fuck up a lot. So, right.
2: Well, that, yeah, that's why it's so funny to hear people discuss the elite as if they are an organized group that always gets their way. It's like, no, there's a lot of lizards that are jostling for power (laughs) and all and they often fuck up. A lot of them are, you know, inept, even though they have a ton of power. It's just like, you know, it's a fucking mess. I mean, it's funny that like, you know, you talk about breaking up those companies and like what that took and, you know, the power that had, had to do that. It's like, that might come to the forefront with these social media
1: giants and shit. Oh, it's getting intense right now, man. Yeah. It's people you didn't even, like you said, it's, you don't know who's getting taken down when with that stuff. And, Mm -hmm. uh, the, just the idea of the sealed affidavits that are out there right now—we it, it, could be in for a super fun 2021. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, things are
1: only getting weirder, right? So it's a yeah. good—it's a good thing right. that I have a one-year-old son. That's <laughs> well, you know, you do—you you train that boy up so that um, you know he gets to find out the truth to whatever questions we're oh. asking right now, because they're going to wait. Until we don't care anymore.
2: I'm like fucking Ra's al Ghul and my son is Bruce Wayne. I'm, <laughs> I'm teaching him the ways of the dark,
1: you know, magic. Uh, that, that was awesome, dude. And uh, I, as far as I'm concerned, this was a massive success for the first uh, video portion of this. Um, I, I, I love you, pal. You know that you're very, oh, awesome. I love you, man. You're the good best. Stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Me, this you got a hell
2: of a son there. He's fantastic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I probably told you that when I was hammered, too,
2: just with purple lips.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, dude, that was uh that was a fun night too, actually. Cause uh, I think you dealt with some nasty hecklers that night and it was, uh, you, you broke down the story for us, but it was, you had the, the combination of you that I love is the chaos uh, combined with humor in your eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we'll have to laugh at this until he tells us we're not.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The old, uh, you know, pull up at the mountain and then last minute hit the tip off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like where, where can people find it? I, this is going to get some views. This is going to be up on YouTube show shortly uh, yeah man i, I love
2: the i lovely. love the show by the way it's fantastic and uh, the this, this was super fun over. to do it i, I will 100 percent be in the studio uh at some point in time for sure
1: you're the man brother where can people find it plug the movie plug everything dude you got two killer albums out. i know that much because i own one of them Oh,
2: appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so I got I think it just kicked in my first album and then life begins my second album. I also put life begins out as a special for free on YouTube. So check that out. Uh, Mike Cannon comedy on YouTube social media. I'm at I am Mike Cannon. And then I uh, just came out with a movie that's a super indie movie about coming up in stand up comedy and you know the interpersonal relationship sacrifices that you have to make and all that stuff it's it's much more of a dark grind than the show crashing so if you're into stand-up if you're a little bit of a nerd about it, it might be cool cool to check out it's called timing on amazon prime and if you're in canada or another country that doesn't have it just dm me and i'll get you a copy
1: That that is awesome cool. i can uh, i can vouch to the uh, the youtube special is fantastic you got um the uh the sarcastic blessings of some of the uh the Mount Rushmore guys for uh you my know, heroes dude. me that have been obsessed with comedy since we were in uh, seventh grade.
2: Same. Uh, yeah. That yeah. uh you know if nothing else, that was that was amazing for that re- you know, to get those guys on it.
1: It makes you unable to quit because uh once uh, <laughs> once old handsome over here saw that uh there was a signature uh in um his Colin Quinn book uh made out to uh to KP for for knowing who Brendan Behan was. <laughs> 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 all like, all right, maybe he doesn't have to go back to trade school. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Colin's uh Colin's one of the best ever. It's insane that we've met him at this point.
1: Yeah, man. It's a uh, history guy too. That was yeah, Oh yeah, brilliant. I can't tell you when he uh, – this is so embarrassing. I deleted my Twitter because I was afraid of uh, just – I didn't know what was going to happen at what point. I also hate Twitter. Just It's an anger machine for me. Yeah, it really yeah. is. But, uh, well, you have a fun one, so I, I enjoyed yours. But it was, uh, it was very weird because on Twitter you can scroll around and it will be like uh, fiery political stuff, snarky half opinions and apples, oranges, uh, red herring type comparison, and then porn. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't understand that at all. But when Colin followed me on Twitter, uh, I, I, first of all, I marked out, I took a screenshot of it because I was freaking out. Um, and it has taken, uh, no, I don't get it, the right amount of credit, Mike, mm. for the restraint I had to show to not DM him an episode of American Loser and say, me and my dad tried to do this thing. Like, that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Honestly, probably the right move, but you never know
1: oh yeah it's uh it's it, he's one of the few guys i i really do mark out for and lose my mind around oh yeah same
2: <laughs> same
1: but uh brother i uh i miss you i look forward to hanging out and working same. Together again soon and uh fucking killer guest nobody nobody could start us off on the right path with this YouTube this is, this is like excellent
0: this, if this is the inaugural we're we're in for a great ride you it's- guys
1: got
2: a great thing going keep killing it
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you, man. Guys, uh,
1: please check out Mike Cannon. He's a phenomenal guest. uh I'm KP Burke. My dad's Larry Burke. He ain't going to be on social media, so don't follow no. him. Uh, don't <laughs> find me. The Kahuna's back there, and uh this was American Loser on YouTube. Thank you. An American loser,
0: the day I was born. An American loser, the day I was born. Can't lose her the day I was born